So when you look at who's is who's establishing in America what is usual, normal, or expected, like who owns the media, who owns higher education, who owns Hollywood and entertainment, the public education system, primary school, social services. You know, yeah. when you own all of that messaging, you are the one who can determine what is ordinary, what, what is usual or expected. And when somebody like CCB or Aaron Bear or whoever it may be, comes and you start to push against that, they go nuts. And welcome back to The Narrative. Back with you is Center for Christian Virtue President Aaron Baer, uh, here with my co-host David Mahan, uh, and excited to be back with both of our listeners now that I missed last week's episode and, and the rest of them are run off because David just tanked the show. But David, thank you for... Uh, it was great. <laughs> thank you for... <laughs> We're carrying the water for us last week and, and uh, appreciate, I'll, I'll say my, my family and I uh, had some really restful and, and good time away and, uh, but, but missed the, the CCB team uh, and, uh, and feel grateful to get to, to do this work. Um, yeah, every, everybody prayed for Maria and, uh, all this. <laughs> she must have endured. <laughs> that, well, and, and we, we, we went down to St. Augustine, Florida, where it's a 13 hour drive with a, a six and a three year old. Uh, and they were champs, man. They were, they, they were, they were great. And, uh, yeah, we, we had a, just a, a great time and, and, and recharge and all that, but, um, missed you guys. And, and while we were away, um, you know, it, it's not, we, it's regular that CCV is in the press. Uh, it's not normal that the New Yorker, uh, covers CCV, uh, and calls us things like, you know, uh, incredibly influential and powerful and, and terrifying and all those things. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and then it's not also normal that not only does the, the New Yorker do that, that, but then the nation, the other, one of the other most liberal progressive publications in the nation, uh, went after us too. And it's been about 72 hours. You know, last time I tried to go away on vacation, uh, crossroads canceled us and David, and th this time I try to go on vacation and the New Yorker comes after us. I, I don't, I think the lesson is I can't leave, uh, for, for a vacation here. Um, but we're actually, we're taking a, 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 this is actually supposed to be the wrap up episode, uh, of our volume on woke capitalism. Um, but my goodness, this, I don't know, 8,000 word, uh, disaster of a story. Um, and, and again, most of it's not about CCV. Most of it's just about Ohio politics and redistricting and, and uh, the downfall of democracy, according to the New Yorker. Um, and there's so much nonsense in this story uh, that I felt like we need to just take a brief pause and, and kind of unpack it because this is, this is the epitome of what this pod is about of, of the narrative, right? Which is there is the narrative that the media pushes that academia pushes that corporate America pushes. Um, and then there's the truth. Um, and there's so much like misinformation. It, it is, it's literally just flood the zone with misinformation and falsehoods and misleading statements uh, and unsupported claims uh, that you do it so much that you can't, that, that your average person just can't unpack it all. Right. Um, but that's why we have a podcast and we have unlimited uh, tape on this thing uh, and uh, we can actually uh, unpack it. And I will say, Dave, one of my, my favorite parts of you coming to CCV is not getting to see how God has used you to inspire churches. Uh, it's not seeing how God has used you to reach across the aisle and build relationships and share the gospel 
uh, with people that otherwise wouldn't talk to CCB. It, it's watching you get completely scorched by the press too and get so <laughs> frustrated by it. <laughs> and seeing your experience uh, with the media as well. Uh, and I know you've got some thoughts on, on, on all that. Yeah, I get I get to get beat up too. That's right. Yeah. You ain't the only one around here anymore. But um it, it is it it was it was inspiring. Uh first of all, there's a couple things you said we'll I'll bring up later on in the podcast that, that were truly inspiring. And and uh, I say that, you know, no joke. But what was frustrating um was to see how they would use words like radical and extreme. <laughs> And, uh, but, but they are just, you know, the question is who's defining the norms, right? Right. Like who, who defines what is extreme? Uh, extreme is, is, is exceeding the ordinary, usual or expected. Yeah. Right. And so when you look at who's, is, who's establishing in America, what is usual, normal or expected, like who owns the media, who owns higher education, who owns Hollywood, and entertainment, the public education system, primary school, social services. You know, when you own all of that messaging, you are the one who can determine what is ordinary, what what is usual or expected. And when somebody like CCV or Aaron Bear or whoever it may be comes and you start to push against that, they go nuts. And now we become extremists. Oh, yeah. Honestly, Dave, that, that like right out of the gate, and, and, and again, the way they do it, you know, the way that, that Jane Mayer, who, who wrote this story, uh, wrote it is ju- just the assumptions that she makes that, of course, everyone's here. And it's just hilarious. Like right out of the gate, they talk about how crazy radical like Ohio used to not be this radical. It used to be a moderate state. And now it's really radical. And just look, it's not just what they've done on the issues like abortion, but also issues like transgender rights. They've gone right. so far out. of, And it's like, wait a minute, you. They they want you to just completely forget the past and act like, you know, 10 years ago, if somebody would have asked you what your preferred pronoun was, they wouldn't know what the heck you're talking about. Right. Right. Or 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 10 years ago in Ohio, if some five years ago, yeah, five years ago, (laughs) if you would have gone to Ted Strickland, that's that's the first interview they do is they talk with former Democrat, one term Democratic governor of Ohio, Ted Strickland. And 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 they say, oh, Ted, how has Ohio gone so so radical. But if you would have gone to Ted when he was governor of Ohio and said, hey, we want to pass a law to say that boy girls have to be uh, competing against boys in, in girls sports or uh, it's OK to pump eight year olds full of puberty right. blocking drugs and cross sex hormones. Uh, and give on, 16- on that point, Aaron, like I have done this. I have gone <laughs> on Ohio Channel. Uh, you know, I would be watching maybe a, a, a hearing on um, you know, a pro-life bill or something like that, where they'll say parenting person instead of mother or neonate instead of baby. Um, I literally have wasted your money uh, <laughs> to spend time to go back in history just a year to yeah. listen to those same representatives, those same members, and they would use the word mother. Right. They would use the word baby, but not anymore. So when you say... T- 10 years ago. No, no, a year ago. Right. Right. The stuff that they call extreme was normal. Right. It's, it's just, and again, this is just something that everyone has seen. You look at CCV's positions since 1983, our positions have not changed. Now I will say we have positions today that we didn't realize were issue positions 40 years ago. 
We didn't realize it was an issue position to say right. boys are boys and girls are girls and men can't get pregnant. Apparently that now needs to be said. Right. Um, but the idea that we've somehow shifted so far right, or even that culture has shifted so far right, right? Like Again, like Planned Parenthood back in 2012, their big campaign was stop the war on women, but they don't run that campaign anymore because they can't say what a woman is and men can get pregnant too in their eyes. Right. The and, left has, has shifted so far left right. that the margins on the right become extreme. Like it, exactly, it, like we weren't we weren't margin before. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the and the reality is it's not that Ohio has moved so far right. It's that the left has moved so far left. That's right. Yep. And everybody else is saying, "How do we stop that? That's crazy. This this <laughs> is insane." Uh, that just from from jump, that was the first thing to me when I was reading this thing that. The, the, the assumption that somehow we've gone so radical is just uh, it's ignoring reality. I, I do want to get into, you know, they talked a lot about gerrymandering in here as if uh, Republicans own that and it's never been done before. But but the one thing that was most inspiring and, and I will probably never say this again uh, in regards <laughs> to something you have done or said, <laughs> but but you said we are going to have a voice in the direction of the state and nation, God willing. And you were talking about, this was in reference to the building. Yeah. Um, there, there has, when I, when I look at the media and how they twist what I say and things like that, um, I, sometimes I ask myself, why, are you, why do you care about little CCB? Why do you care about what Dave said, you know, during a, a hearing or something like that? And it's because of who we represent. You said that we will have a voice, God willing, right? And I think that terrifies them because they own all of these other institutions, but not the church. They have infiltrated the church. Um, they have clearly stated in, over decades that they have to infiltrate the church, especially when it comes to uh, abortion and, and look at like how it impacts the African-American community. Um, they clearly just said we have to impact these believers. We have to get pastors and social services to influence, you know, these churches. Um, and so when I read when you said that in reference to the building, right, you said that that building was sending a signal. I'm telling you, man, I could preach off of just that those couple of sentences. But what did you mean by that, that that building somehow across from the state house would send a signal? Yeah, and, and there, I appreciate that, Dave. And, and and there's a few things that that I meant by that in particular. I think one, um, you know, more than anything right now, and and this actually ties to the conversation we just had. You know, the as you said, the left progressivism has has overtaken academia, the power institutions in America, academia, uh, media, uh, uh, corporate America social services, as you've said, uh, HR departments. Again, this is, if you don't believe this, then you're just, you're ignoring reality, right? And, but the reality is that most people aren't where they are yet, right? Most people in the country aren't, aren't, don't think it's right for boys to compete in girls sports, right? Don't think, don't think it, it, it's right uh, that America is fundamentally and systematically racist from the ground up and irredeemably so, right? They, they, do, they do agree that America has committed some horrific racial sins in our, yeah. our, our past and in our present, um, but, but not that it's, it's irredeemable and one of the worst places to be, right? Um, there, there's things like that that just most people don't buy into. 
Um, and, and for us at CCV right now, and this has been the, the, the big, the big push for us is really as much as we need, I think first and foremost, we need a movement of the Holy spirit. We, we need, we need people to turn to Jesus Christ. That's, that's the only hope that's for right. the nation. And we want to proclaim that at every moment. Um, but, but the other thing we need is just courage. We, we just need the body of Christ to be willing to speak up and just even just say the common sense thing. Right. Um, that, that was actually, I, I had one lobbyist text me afterwards. Um, and, and he was joking about how, how, how the, the, both this piece and the nation piece made it sound like we're so terrifying and so threatening. And so like, and it's like, we've, we have never, I've never walked into a meeting with a lawmaker and yelled at them before. I've never walked into a meeting with a lawmaker and threatened them before. And, and Eric, not even in, in your Bible, when the prophet speaks, yeah. it was terrifying because right. of who that prophet represented. And I'm not calling you a prophet. I'm just saying that we are bearing the word of the Lord in, in, in relation to public policy, right? And so they admit in this article, when we come in, there was a representative that said, when we come to the state house, people know we're there. Right. And, and <laughs> what's funny about it, and honestly, Dave, I remember when we were bringing you on, I said, Dave, I want you to be our, our public, our policy director. And he said, I've never lobbied in a day in my life. I said, Dave, you don't, you don't need to know how to be a smooth talking lobbyist and all that. Just be you and, and who you are is a man of God and who will just speak, speak things plainly. I mean, yeah. I, I had a meeting just yesterday with a, with a lawmaker and, and it was all we do is get in and say, Hey, you know, it's wrong to inject kids with cross sex hormones. Yeah. Like, you know, this, and we're going to keep talking about it. And we're going to talk to other members about that. The secret of the sauce of CCV is we're there and we talk the truth. Yeah. And that's it. Like we, we, and by all means, we, we talk, we tell the voters, we like, I don't want to act like we don't try to educate voters and motivate them and all that. It, it, it like we do a lot of grassroots organizing all, but even all that is just, we just tell them what the, the people down here are doing. Yeah. The, the ability of the media and, you know, and the left, because they control all these institutions to define reality is mind blowing. To yeah. me, I did, there was one thing that um, that Peppers guy, I guess he used to be the chairman of the Democratic, uh, you know, whatever the party. Um, he, he had a quote in here um, that he has watched the reputation of Ohio's public school system slide as uh, as Republicans siphon off public funding. Mm -hmm. OK, now, if, if that is a is not a reshaping of reality. If I want everybody listening to this podcast, go to US News and World's Report, World Report, and I want you just to type in Columbus City School District. If you do that, what you will find is some graphs. And on those graphs, one of which says um, they received $19,253 per student in the Columbus City School District. And for that investment, of, of tax dollars. It says, if you look under the test score uh, for proficiency in math, 36% of elementary school students in that district are proficient in math. 30% uh, of middle schoolers and only 17% of high schoolers are proficient in math. If you bump over to reading, 40% of elementary school students proficient, 34% of middle school students proficient in reading, and 39% of high school students proficient in reading. It is not, listen, 
the reality is is not that Republicans um, are, are contro controlling somehow the reputation of the schools. They have a reputation of their own that they've established over 60 years of failure. The, and and the, the, the thing with that, Dave, I, I've been using this more and more because we, we actually just two nights ago, we launched our first school in a church at CCV and, and we had Man, 30 awesome. kids up on stage that are have been, and I don't say this lightly, have been saved from Columbus Public Schools. I cried like a baby. Like, and not just not just the academic failures, but the, the moral failures, everything, the, the safety issues at those schools. The, those kids have been given a better chance at success because the church has stepped up there. And Lord willing, we're going to start hundreds of these schools all over the state and nation. But the, the thing about Columbus Public, and, and we had one pastor get up and tell the story of children who have been failed time and time again. Uh, by the, the Columbus City School District, which again, if you think Columbus City Schools is especially bad, especially for a city like an, an inner city schools, it's not. It's the same as basically every inner city school district. Uh, Dave, you've been all over the country. Every, yes. Yeah, it's, it's every inner <laughs> city school city. district. Um, and the, 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 the reality is though, if, with Columbus Public, and actually the, the number is higher than $20,000 per kid we spend, but let's just use that as the baseline. By the time a kid graduates Columbus City Schools, we have invested as taxpayers $260,000 into their education. $260,000 per kid. Per, per pupil. Yeah. Every single one of those 50,000 kids in Columbus Public, we've spent $260,000 on their education. And they, many of these kids can't read. How many much does kids, it cost to teach a third grader how to read? I mean, <laughs> by the by the time, yeah, just just do that easy math. By the time a, a third grader has graduated third grade, we've spent eighty thousand dollars on their education, and they can't read. That like just that alone is like, well, this this is just a broken system, right? We we could get into everything like that's a bad ROI right there. We should be able to do better than that uh, on on that one kid's education. And now, mind you, we're pulling all those kids together. And we still can't teach them to read it. And, and, and that's just, again, that's just the a spin by David Pepper. And this is a good time to, to get into to David Pepper real quick. Um, and I'll just say uh, the, the absolute uh, love affair that this article had with David Pepper uh, and, and his boyish and preppy charm was very cute. Um, but the idea that the guy that took over the Ohio Democratic Party in 2015 and lost every statewide race in the state of Ohio, if for every candidate not named Sherrod Brown, um, is an absolute joke. It is. He, he is no longer the chairman of the Ohio Democratic Party because he ran that thing into the ground and and he led that party so far left, so far out of the mainstream again pushing things like abortion on demand up to the point of birth. They want to say Ohio is not a pro-life state. I will guarantee you Ohio is not a state that, that wants abortion on demand up to the point of birth that David Pepper believes in. I guarantee you Ohio doesn't want boys and girls sports. Um, it, it is, it, it's absolutely hilarious to me. Uh, and, and I'll get into the, We need to have the redistricting conversation in a minute. I, I just, by all means, you know, David Pepper, exercise your American rights to, to get out there and say your, your, your piece. 
Um, but to, to mark David Pepper in Ohio politics as anything but a failure um, is just an inaccurate sta- you know, statement of, of fact of what he's done in, in the state. He, he lost every statewide race. He ran the Democratic Party into the ground, led them so far left that there's not a pro-life Democrat in the House in, in, in the General Assembly anymore. There used to be. There's not anymore. And there's a reason why, you know, people like Tim Ryan, you know, were losing their congressional seats. Tim Ryan, eight years ago, was winning his uh, congressional district by 30 points. He won his last reelect by seven points. And if uh, he had run one more time there, uh, he was going to lose. Uh, and, and it's because the pe- the party has been led so far to the left. Yeah, there, there was, you know, when I first came here, Aaron, there was, uh, and again, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm talking and speaking more to the framework of this piece. Um, you know, the, the try the redefining terms, the, you know, um, what labeling of what is extreme or not, what is ordinary or not. They, they were talking about uh, representative Liston saying that women weren't going to be able to get ordinary care and that women would, would die. And I'm like, well, if ordinary care is the killing of a baby 100% of the time in an abortion procedure, I mean, just how they twist the words. And if you're not, if you're not paying attention, um, you know, it'd be like, man, those guys are jerks over there. Um, but, but one of the things that is said, I don't know if people understood, because I didn't completely understand how polling is used, right? Um, you know, they'll say things like, you know, 14% of Ohioans support the banning of all abortions. And, you know, somebody would read a poll like that and be like, oh, man, you know, I, I had no idea that uh, my views were so extreme. Like, what role does polling play? Because they mentioned polling a lot in this piece here. Oh, yeah, no, that, that's the, I'm looking for it right right. And I, I actually, it's funny, in the interview, we talked to, when I interviewed with Jane Mayer for this piece, I, we talked a decent amount of polling. She, she included one of my quotes uh, on polling in there. Um, and, and yeah, you, you I, said the only polls that matter are polls of folks turning out the vote. I'm telling you, you have some, some yeah. hangers in this one. I'm like, okay. Well, well, and what's, what's really funny about this is, is, you know, she, she just, she tries to dismiss all of this. Well, it's because it's so gerrymandered. So let, I'll just say there, you know, if you want to talk about gerrymandering, you know, that you got to start the your accusations of gerrymandering for for the, the passage for the enactment of the heartbeat bill um, and the enactment of, of things like the Med Act and the expansion of school choice and all these. If you're upset about the enactment of these laws, you you are fundamentally accusing uh, the the writers and founders of the Northwest Territory Ordinance uh, in 1788 of gerrymandering. Because these things are signed by statewide candidates, not by individual lawmakers from randomly drawn districts. Um, these are, you know, I, I, what I, I said to, to Jane on this thing was, listen, if, if, if Ohio was not a pro-life state, let's, let's flash back to 2018, right? Uh, the, the heartbeat bill had been moving for eight years at this point. It had already been, it was vetoed uh, the year before. Uh, mm-hmm. by Governor Kasich. Kasich. It was getting ready to be sent back to Kasich uh, at all three debates between Richard Cordray and Mike DeWine. The heartbeat bill was one of the lead arguments talked about of where, what are you going to do with the heartbeat bill? Richard Cordray, the Democrat, said he would veto it. Mike DeWine, the Republican, said he would sign it. It was the headline. You go look at the dispatch headlines. The headlines, 
the Cordray DeWine disagree on abortion and guns. That was the headlines of, of, of these things. Yeah. Uh, and what happened? Mike DeWine won. But let's mm-hmm. let's not just talk about Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine's a, 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 a well-known name in Ohio. He's got an advantage built in. Let's look at the other five statewide offices. Uh, you had Dave Yost running for attorney general. Attorney general. Mm-hmm. Keith uh, Faber running for mm-hmm. auditor. Frank LaRose running for uh, secretary of state. And Robert Sprague running for treasurer. Three of those guys, Keith Faber, Frank LaRose, uh, Robert Sprague, all personally voted for the heartbeat bill in the general assembly. Dave Yost pledged he would defend the heartbeat bill in court running for office. The, the, the idea that Ohio is that Ohio is not a pro-life state and our district lines are drawn so out of whack that pro-lifers are just able to take over Ohio is just stupid. There, right. There's no other way around it, Dave. It's just stupid. And, and this ties into that polling question, right? Uh, because, Polling in Ohio, I, I went and looked this up because polling in Ohio has been woefully terrible in, in over the last few years. It's so much so that, you know, there was, I, I remember in 2018, there was this uh, proposition uh, one, uh, issue one, that was going to decriminalize drug possession. And uh, the Cleveland Plain Dealer had a deal with uh, Baldwin Wallace uh, for their polling for that election. And they were just every time Baldwin Wallace would run a poll, the Cleveland Plain Dealer would, would run a story on it. And they were saying that the 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 uh, issue one was going to pass by 30 points. It was just massive. It'd be huge. Issue one went down 66 to 33. It went down two to one. And so much so to the report that I called one of the reporters afterwards and he said, yeah, we're not going to use their polls anymore uh, because it has been so out of line. Now, but let's talk specifically about Quinnipiac. I went and pulled this up. I got to find where I, I wrote this down because uh, this is an 8,000 word story and, and it's pretty robust. So they talked about how the, the Quinnipiac polls have that abortion bans are very unpopular in Ohio. Well, let's, let's look at Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac in uh, 2020 polled the presidential race, their last poll before uh, Biden and Trump ran against each other. And they had uh, Trump, they had Biden winning 48-43 in their poll. Trump won by eight points. They were off 13 points in their poll. Mm-hmm. And there's no accountability for him, Dave. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying there, there needs to be. The, the accountability needs to be people just stop listening to the polls and ideally responsible journalists stop quoting their polls yeah. uh, because they're just wrong. They're, at, at what point is it not just revealing truth, but shaping reality, oh, right? Okay. So it's, and it seems like with so many of these polls, that's what they're doing. Yep. Um, oh, but the yeah. perception is, is that they're, re- they're reporting some sort of reality. They're, they're, they're trying to shape reality. No, that, that, Dave, that's exact. I mean, you look at how they're using these polls, this Quinnipiac poll here. It, it very much is trying to, they use it as a bludgeon saying, look, you're so far out of, out of step. It's not even a moral argument they're making, right? They're, they're, they're trying to make an argument saying, because other people don't want this, you shouldn't do it, as opposed to what's the right thing here, right. Um, which is where we always go back to. But the baseline of it is, it's just not true. I, to your point, Dave, um, I remember, um, you know, folks now I used to work in Arizona, um, and uh, there was, I, I'm going to get these numbers off, um, but you can go look them up uh, in particular. Uh, 2020, when Martha McSally was was running against Kirsten Cinema again for uh, for Senate, um, and polls had 
Kirsten winning by something like 17 points, right? She ended up winning by single digits, like five or six. It was still a good win, but, but single digits. And I remember a friend of mine who was working on the, the Martha McSally campaign said those polls cost them millions of dollars in donations because what, what the, what the line started becoming is Martha can't win. We just need to give up on Arizona and go elsewhere. And that's, that's the effect that people like this want to have with their polling is, is because they can't win the argument because they don't want to look at a picture of an ultrasound and say, that's not a baby. And, and it's morally wrong to kill a baby. They, they want to use bully tactics like polling. Yeah. It's like, they, it's almost to the average person. It's almost like, I don't have to do the research to know the truth. If this is what everybody says is normal. Yeah. Right. If, if the easy way out is normal, I don't even have to do the research. Uh, the, I was, I was with a, a pastor uh, friend this morning and we were talking about our rise up tour uh, that's coming up here this fall. And uh, we've got the voter guides coming out for everybody, by the way, you can pre-order those voter guides now. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, the, the Lord has put some, some, some words on our heart uh, in terms of rise up. And, and there's a passage that, that the Lord's put on my heart that, that says, if the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? And, and I've read that for years. And, and I looked at that in the, in the context of family being the, the foundation. But really, when you look at that word foundation, it means social order. Social order. Those that legislate, the military, law enforcement, the judicial system, uh, and the family, and the church, all these represent social order. And one of the judgments for God, uh, when, when folks wanted to act like knuckleheads, his people, he would remove both supply and support what does that mean? He would remove the godly voice, the godly wisdom, the godly understanding, the godly courage, the godly leadership necessary to maintain the social order. And reading this article, man, and it was a book. I mean, I, you know, we, we got to order some more paper, Robin, because <laughs> I printed off three reams of paper. But it was, it was interesting to, for, for them to actually say, that one of the most out of all these issues is those daggone Christians. Yeah. Right. Getting in the way of them destroying the social order. Yeah. And um, and I want to answer that question for us today. And that's if the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? We'll do what we are talking about. We will speak. Right. Yeah. We will we will declare the truth and we will make sure that we have a voice in what goes on over at that state house that controls what happens in this state, but also the bellwether for the nation. Yeah. What will the righteous do? We will speak. We will lead. And, uh, and I'm so proud uh, that we were <laughs> featured in this hit piece. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I, honestly, Dave, that, that's the, the, the way I've sort of wrapped my mind around this afterwards, because it, this, this is, I'm not going to ever lie like, like, that it feels good when stuff like this comes out and all that, but, but it is, at the same time, to to be worthy of something like this, I guess is. And I, I pray it's for Jesus' name. And and that's when you talked about the building, like that's that's it. Like we are we going to be able to stop the onslaught that's coming? I don't know. We we can't. God can. That's right. Um. And but what we are called to with this building, with this work, with with all the the things God's calling us to do right now, whether it's planting schools or starting Christian chambers or 
or everything else past the backpack bill. Um, it, it's, we know we can stand. Um, and I think the important part is God willing is, is that it's where we want to be wholly submitted to, uh, to him um, and, and recognize that whatever happens, he is still God. And that, that's to your point, Dave, that's the one thing they can, they, they can corrupt the church. They can overtake the media. They can put, they can, you know, castrate children and they can murder babies um, and, and all these types of things, but they can't, they can't dethrone God. That's right. um, and, and I think for us, and this is what we talk about every day here, when we put our hope in anything other than that is when we falter. Yeah. Um, and, and this is just the, the, the reminder here. Yeah. I, I got, I, I had just a few other things, Dave. I know we're, we're running out of time here that I, I just wanted to hit. And I don't know what else, if you guys well, get ready to preach, man. It's about right. to be exactly <laughs> so, so, so a handful of very quick things um, that I need to touch base on first and foremost, her, her, this whole conversation about red map, um, Dave, I don't know about you, but when I saw red map, I said, uh Oh, you know, I mean, red map. And I said, uh Oh, cause I had no idea what red map is. <laughs> like, like, like she said, we found red map and we're like, Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I Googled, I, I Googled the movie trailer, <laughs> but, but she talked, so she talked, you know, maybe red map is, is a big deal. We, we don't do it. We, we, we track the redistricting process. We don't get involved in redistricting in many ways, but like, but, the, but the funny thing to me though, was she talked about all of this like conservative plot to overtake and red map is like the Republican effort to, to impact redistricting. Nowhere in this story mentions that in about 2010, the attorney general of the United States of America, a man by the name of Eric Holder resigned one of the most prestigious positions in the country to take over the Democrat effort for redistricting in 2020. Mm -hmm. And hear me out when I say this, I, there is nothing legally or even I would say morally wrong about it. I'm not criticizing him for doing that, right? He, he is an American that believes in this and wants to impact the process. Go get him, man. That's what this, that's what this whole thing is built on. Good, good for you. But he jumped in and took over a multi-million dollar massive organization to impact this all over the country. And that was, I, I, the, the, the Cleveland Plain Dealer did a story on the story. Um, the reporter called me and, and was asking me about this. And, and, you know, he said, do you have any other things to say? I said, yeah, just one more thing. I want to talk about this. Like for her to not mention all that was being done in this state, by the Democrats to impact redistricting and just the, the simple fact that they lost, like you had two sides fighting to draw the lines and one side is going to win. One side's going to lose. And the Democrats lost, not because the Republicans were so big, mean and, and awful, but they just won. Yeah. And the, the reality was, you know, I, I was joking with this reporter on the plane. I said, his name is Jeremy Pelzer. I said, Jeremy, you, you were in the, the redistricting hearings. There was about 20 people in there. Most of those people all had the same t-shirts on. All of them had the same fair districts now t-shirts on. I said, Jeremy, who paid for those t-shirts? Who paid for those fancy looking logos? Who paid for their signs? Who paid for their website? Who's paid for those four lawsuits that they, were fi that they filed to redo Ohio's redistricting lines and paid for them in states all over the country? It's, it's Eric Holder. And again, 
one, that's your freedom as American. Go get a guy. No, no knock, no nothing. But to, to act like that Republicans are the only ones doing this and the only ones putting quote unquote dark money into this and all this kind of stuff. No, you yeah. know, both sides do it. You could be er- Eric Holder clearly said that he was Obama's wingman. He, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just, it just is what it, and again, it's, this is just the, the half truth of these things, right? The, the, that like, yeah, that have, is red map real? I'm sure it is again, genuinely never heard of it, but, but is it alone in what it does? And is, is not, are not both sides. And again, you know, what, what cracked me up at the very beginning is when they said Ohio's passing laws that could never pass through Congress. Yeah. That's how States work. New York and California are passing laws right now that could never pass through Congress. That's, that's not a sign of radicalism. That's a sign of federalism. That's, that's, that's how these things work. Yeah. I think this is where frustrates uh, the average person. This is politics, you know what I mean? And and I don't think, you know, very few people understand politics um, to this degree. So this kind of, you know, some of it goes in one ear and out the other. And I think really it just kind of entrenches, you know, thought processes and belief systems that people already have. Right. But it's not that folks really understand gerrymandering or red map or whatever. But but I think what for the average believer, what we need to know is we don't need to understand politics. We need to understand the word of God. We need to understand the basics of what it means to be human in 2022. Um, And we need to give ourselves. we need to encourage ourselves to be that voice, to speak up, um, because really the reason why we don't is, number one, lack of knowledge. But number two, we're just afraid. Yep. We don't be, we're afraid because we don't understand all the all the politics. And, and I'm telling you, family, that's me. I'm going to admit I don't get all the politics. It frustrates me that the game here frustrates me. Yeah. But I have seen, and this is what I'll be sharing um, during the tour, I have seen the hand of God move upon truth, whether it be me testifying or Nalani testifying or, 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 you know, John or Troy testifying. I've seen, I've heard representatives and senators both tell me that so-and-so will never listen to you, Dave. Don't even try. And that was my next call. And guess who I'm testifying in front of, you know? I'm seeing this, and I know most of you don't get to see this. Um, but listen, it's not just CCV that they're afraid of down here. It's not just CCV that everybody knows about here. We are we exist to amplify your voice. That's right. <laughs> help That's right. us help you help yeah. them yeah. Uh, down here at the state house. Yeah, no, but I, honestly, Dave, that that's I talk about I was talking with uh, a friend about this just two days ago. I said that you know, there's three things that move bills policy uh, in, in politics in, in Ohio and every state um, it's money ideas and people, you know, we don't play the money game, right? We, we, yeah. we, we don't make political donations. Uh, I've made one political donation in my life. And that was to my friend in Arizona when I was living out there that was running for the state house. Um, and, and we just, we don't do that. Right. And I'll, honestly, we couldn't keep up if we tried. Um, but we bring, we try to bring the best ideas supported by the best social science and medical data and legal arguments and all those and personal stories. Um, but then we try to move people. And that's the thing that, that, that people can't get around down here is we're, our job is to, to motivate people. And honestly, the other side of the story is why I don't really 
care so much about what the New Yorker writes ultimately um, is because it's called the New Yorker and I live in Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) So it doesn't surprise me that something called the New Yorker doesn't find my views very, uh, very friendly. Um, But, but also too, quite honestly, we got more reach than the New Yorkers got here. Ruth Edmonds is out there right now connecting with people, talking about this work, right? Troy and Corinne, our our staff is out there meeting with people, bringing them in. That's why we do this Rise Up Tour, because when we can bring people together, that's why we're doing the March for Life on October 5th. When we can bring people together, they can't ignore us. And that's, that's more powerful than any amount of money they can throw around. That's right. Dave, you got anything else? We, we, we got to wrap up here. I have one more thing I wanted to say, but, but you got yeah, anything yeah. else before we, 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 we wrap? Yeah, go ahead. The, the, this, is, this is important to me um, because uh, I, speaking of, uh, of God's word, um, I, I do take it very seriously to, to honor thy mother and father. Um, and uh, I shared some of my testimony with uh, Jane Mayer uh, in the, in the call. Uh, and, and then I even talked to the fact checker afterwards and I, I, um, specified this and, and they, they didn't get it right. And, uh, the way this story is written, um, is dishonoring to my mom and dad, um, where they said that, um, I had a rocky adolescence. Um, I need to make something very clear. I had a blessed childhood. Mm. I had great parents that took care of me, uh, that gave me great opportunities. Uh, that that loved me, made sure I went to school, that made, made sure I, I, you know, got to go to, to camps and went on vacations and all that. We weren't a wealthy family by any stretch of my, my, my by, by any stretch of the imagination, but but we always had everything that we needed. Um, and I, I feel very blessed to have the family that I have. That's right. Um, I, when I was in high school, I had a rebellious face. That's, that's where I got into my trouble, right? That, that's, that's why they said I had a rocky adolescence in here is they're, they're referring to when, you know, uh, my testimony that I shared that uh, I, I got into trouble as a kid, got arrested, got, you know, had to go to court, those types of things. And, and, um, and it was a church that came and shared the gospel with me and loved me and turned my life around. And, and, and it's why I'm very grateful for it. Um, but it is very important that I say that uh, and say that um, that is, uh, there's a lot of factually wrong things in here. That to me is the most offensive because it's dishonoring to my to my mom and dad, uh, who I love dearly, um, and and who did uh, do everything they could uh, for me and gave me so many great opportunities, um, and and I feel forever grateful for them and and love them and they they love my kids, um, and so I that part is 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 of everything that's written in this story. That's the part that's most offensive to me, um, and I, I want to make that clear uh, as we. Uh, as, as we talk about these things. Um, so yeah, with, with that being said, we're going to, we're going to wrap this episode uh, and, and grateful to, there, there's so much more, honestly, it's 8,000 words. I got so many other notes here, um, but you can go read this nonsense if you want. Uh, and, uh, and, and, but, and in all sincerity, I, I say this too, and this is a, a reminder for us, let's pray for the New Yorker and pray for Jane Mayer and pray for David Pepper. Um, and we can call their ideas dumb and their writing harmful uh, and all those types of things. Um, and we will, especially because they're hurting people with the things that they write and the things that they say. Um, but we do ultimately, we, we care for them as much as we care for anybody um, and, and want to see them know the Lord. 
Um, and, and we're going to continue to talk about what we're doing and we'll talk with people that, that disagree with us about it. Um, but we, uh, we're, we're going to wrap here on this sort of special breakout episode uh, of the narrative. We're going to be back next week uh, for, for the wrap up episode on woke capitalism uh, and, and all that, that, go, that goes into that. I got to tell you too, uh, maybe we're going to do a, a, an email poll out here uh, for what should we do the next season on? I, I got to tell you, I'm kind of thinking we do the next season on uh, on the media itself and talk about what's happened with the media that this is now uh, understood as journalism. Um, or maybe we go uh, another direction if maybe you got ideas out there. So uh, we, we want to hear from you. Again, uh, if you enjoy the pod, uh, please do uh, go leave us a review. Uh, leave us a rating. Uh, we, we, we love uh, lo- that. That helps us reach more people. Uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, your, your notes of encouragement, uh, mean a lot. We we met one of our other listeners uh, just the other day at the launch of the uh, the the micro school. So appreciate uh, when you, when you send that encouragement to us, uh, and we'll be back next time here on the narrative. Mm-hmm.